0: Hey everybody and welcome to the billboard.com pop shop podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me as always is billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hey Keith. How are you?
1: Doing well. How about yourself?
0: I am fine. We are both uh, healthy again.
1: Hey. Hey. We sound like ourselves.
0: Yeah I mean I actually am getting over a slight sore throat but i think we're we're out of the woods we're uh 99 (laughs) yes we are okay um well the billboard pop shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on billboard's weekly charts in addition you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's (laughs) the week's big pop news fun chart stats and stories and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop Today on the show, we've got news about the Billboard Music Award nominations, Harry Styles and Britney Spears, and we've got chart updates about Kendrick Lamar, Sam Hunt, and the Chainsmokers.
1: Plus, this week on the show, we have an interview with Zara Larsson. The breakout Swedish pop star talks all about her brand new album, So Good, working with Ed Sheeran, Ty Dolla Charlie Puth, and many more on the new project, and how her overnight success was not quite as quick as it looked.
0: But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss a single episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, you can always tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Uh, Let's uh, run the Billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat. Chart chat. I don't know why I was singing it in such a weird way. Um, Here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts. Number one, Kendrick Lamar's Humble makes a smashing debut at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. That's the highest debut for a rap track in nearly seven years. Number two, Sam Hunt gets his first top ten single ever on the Hot 100 as Body Like a Back Road jumps 12 to 6. I don't know why I did that. Um, I don't even think he has that much of a twang in his voice. Um, And number three, The Chainsmokers and Harry Styles are aiming for big debuts on next week's Billboard 200 albums chart and Hot 100 respectively. All right, let's break down each of these individually. First up, Kendrick Lamar's Humble High tails it on to the Hot 100 at number two, giving Lamar his highest charting song as a lead artist, and it marks the highest debut for a rap song in nearly seven years. Uh, Kendrick, unfortunately, for Kendrick, I suppose, could not unseat Ed Sheeran's "Shape of You," which spins an eleventh week at number one on the Hot 100. Um, Lamar's, uh, only gone higher on the Hot 100 as a featured artist when he was on Taylor Swift's Bad Blood, which spent a week at number one back in 2015. As for Humble, uh, it bows with 111,000 downloads sold in the weekend ending April 6th, according to Nielsen Music, and also launches at, uh, number one on our streaming songs chart. With forty nine point eight million streams, uh, Katie, didn't we think this song was going to be on an album from Kendrick that was maybe coming out last week, and I think now it's coming out this Friday?
1: That was the word uh, in one of his new songs that he put out previously, he had dropped the date April seven that's what that's why everyone thought that that was going to be the album. Hmm. Turned out it was the moment fans were able to pre-order the album, Um, and I don't know if that was his original plan or if (laughs) things got delayed a week, but um, (laughs) thankfully fans who were paying attention to April 7th had something to do with themselves on Thursday. So um, yeah, they they put it up on iTunes that night, and it will be available on uh, first thing Friday morning.
0: Up next, Sam Hunt celebrates his first top 10 single on the Hot 100 with Body Like a Back Road. The single steps 12 to 6 on the list, with gains in streams, airplay, and sales. Hunt performed the track on the Academy of Country Music Awards, right, Katie? Yes, yeah. yes he did. Um, which were broadcast, I think, on CBS on April 2nd.
1: Yes, and uh, he actually totally embarrassed his fiance in the crowd during the performance. Oh. He went out walking out into the aisles and then sat down with her, and she was just covering her face. Like They're a very, very private couple. Except for he always is, like, writing music about her and whatever. But she was like, why have you put me on TV right now?
0: Wow. Well, well, um, fun fact, the last country song to rank in the top 10 was Florida Georgia Line's Cruise, which peaked at number four and was last inside the top 10 on August 20th, 2013. It's not incredibly often that we get a country song in the top 10, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a big deal. Um, Katie, do you think this song could be the one that, that crosses Sam Hunt over to top 40 radio? I know his record labels are actually starting to promote the track to top 40, um, partially because of the success that it's having, you know, with sales and streams, because it's become like this runaway hit. Now they're taking it to top 40 radio. Could be, could this song be the one that sort of takes him over to top 40?
1: Well, it's funny that you mentioned Cruise because Hmm. that got its big top 40 push when Nelly got on a remix. Yeah. And I could totally see Body Like a Backroad getting a rapper on it and all of a sudden getting way more play on hmm. top 40 radio. So that's a total possibility. And, you know, we're obviously in Los Angeles. Uh, country songs don't often cross over to pop radio here, but I would assume that like Body Like a Backroad would probably be a hit in like Southern. Top forty stations, yeah, yeah. more so, right? Um, because it's real country. So like, I don't know if it's just gonna pop up on Kiss FM tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like the Keith Urban, Carrie Underwood fighter, which is very, very poppy,
1: poppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I mean, or a Taylor Swift song from right. you know seven years ago, like from Red, or well, yeah.
0: Yeah, Red or anything before that, obviously. Well, uh, finally, the Chainsmokers' new album, Memories Do Not Open, is aiming for a number one debut next week on the Billboard 200 chart, according to industry forecasters. Sources suggest the album could launch atop the chart with around 200,000 equivalent album units or even a little bit more, of which maybe like 150,000 or more could be in traditional album sales. The EDM duo will likely bump Drake's More Life from number one, which is currently in its third straight week atop the tally. In other chart forecast news, Harry Styles' new single, Sign of the Times, should make a smashing start on the Hot 100 next week, as early forecasts suggest the song could sell maybe around 150000 in its first week. So Harry is off to a good start, as are the Chainsmokers. Um, and this seems like the perfect time to segue to some music news, Katie, as the Chainsmokers garnered a boatload of nominations on Monday at the uh, 2017 Billboard Music Awards, right?
1: Indeed, they did. Um, let's actually hit three of the biggest recent headlines over on Billboard.com. And of course, because it's Billboard, the Billboard Music Award nominations are a big deal. It's kind of a big
0: deal for us, yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: a, it's just a little bit. Um, so the Chainsmokers, as you mentioned, and Drake lead the pack with 22 nods each. Just 22. Twenty. 20- too.
0: <laughs> Got a lot of categories I mean, <laughs> if
1: you've listened to our podcast though We've been talking about Drake and the Chainsmokers For the past year, pretty much every week yeah. um, They've dominated the charts So, um, it makes sense <laughs> uh, So, Drake will compete for top artist Top male artist And top Billboard 200 artist While the Chainsmokers will also vie for top artist As well as top duo slash group And top Hot 100 artist <laughs> 21 Pilots follows with 17 nominations, then Rihanna with 14, The Weeknd with 13, and Beyoncé with 8. You can also find the full list of nominations over on Billboard.com right now. Uh, the Billboard Music Awards will air live from Las Vegas on Sunday, May 21st at 8 p.m. on ABC.
0: Are we placing any bets?
1: Heyo, Vegas!
0: Uh, <laughs> on who might be performing at the show? Because uh, we, we don't actually have inside knowledge. Right. Like Katie and I are... Uh, I mean, truly, I mean, we might get some inside knowledge here in the next day or two, but right now I don't actually know who's performing on the show.
1: I mean, it's, it's a smart... You know idea to look at those top nominees they yeah. have a lot of incentive to arrive I hope some at of those folks show. show up that'd be nice, you, know, those are some big names, so <laughs> I mean, I would say if we got Drake or the smokers performing, that would be awesome. um obviously, the weekend has had a huge year, rihanna, um all of these people I mean, I'm not mad at any of them that. yeah, that'd be I,
0: I, <laughs> come on, all of you all of you can show up
1: I am really liking the uh new. Zayn's song, Still Got Time, and he's nominated, as you pointed out, for new artist. Yeah, for top new artist. Um, So maybe he's a possibility.
0: Also, something to note uh, for folks that are curious about how these uh, categories are put together, um, it's based on uh, basically chart performance and data collected over the past year. So, you know, when you buy a song or buy an album or stream a song or... Uh, listen to something on the radio or you engage with someone on a social network like on twitter or facebook all that stuff
1: you are uh, voting
0: you are kind of voting you you know you are the ones that are putting these nominees together basically and uh uh if you think oh well how can that person possibly be you know one of the top five stop
1: buying their music i'm
0: like well (laughs) we can't help it if they're successful you guys made them (laughs) successful
1: that's what it is exactly um, well, a possible nominee at next year's Billboard Music Awards could be one Harry Styles. Oh, hey. Uh We got the first taste of Solo Harry last week. Um, we had heard it would have a rock sound, and it definitely delivered on that promise. Uh, Sign of the Times is the name of the new song. Sort of a spacey rock ballad in the vein of maybe, you know, David Bowie or another classic rocker, or maybe even Space Hog. I was kind of... Did you catch that at I w- all?
0: I was getting, like, I, w- I wasn't sure, like... Like, I was getting, like, weird, like, November rain, mm-hmm. like, epic, kind of, like, rock ballad-ish I've moments. heard a lot of
1: Robbie Williams' Angel thrown mm-hmm. around. Um, Yeah, but for me, I loved this 90s song, In the Meantime, by Space Hog. It was kind of their one hit, but they're a great band. Um, And at the end of the Harry Styles song, there's a little piano part that is very reminiscent of In the Meantime, which I was very pumped about because one of my favorite songs. So, hmm. um. You know, it's kind of crazy, like, that this is the direction that one direction for a member would go because it is definitely a departure, to say the very least.
0: Hmm. Um, And uh, Harry uh, will probably be performing that track on Saturday Night Live this uh, Saturday, April 15th. And we're assuming he's performing that track. I mean, obviously. And I'm assuming another new song, right?
1: Well, we do have some inside info on that front. Sources tell Billboard. Sources suggest. That he's definitely performing Sign of the Times and that he will be performing a second new song. So we will get, one week later, a brand new taste of Solo Harry. Hmm. Um, which makes me wonder how imminent the album is, but we don't know yet. Hmm. So um, if you oh. think about like Lord did something similar. She had two new songs come out very quickly, and then her album comes out in May, right. and it was about two months after those new songs came out. So maybe if it's that timetable, we could be seeing Harry in June, potentially. I hope,
0: I hope Harry shows up in a skit or two.
1: Oh, God, me too. He's funny. He's funny. Yeah, he's like cheeky, funny. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay, finally, some sad news. Not really. Don't get, <laughs> don't get ready for, like, really sad news. Um, Britney Spears' Piece of Me residency in Las Vegas is sadly coming to an end in December. Aww. She's been performing at Planet Hollywood's Access Theater since December 27, 2013, and her next shows are set for May 3rd to May 20th. Just in time for the BBMAs, hey. actually um spears manager larry rudolph gave an interview to the las vegas review journal last week saying that britney might not be done with vegas altogether Uh, he said anything is possible we have made zero decisions we expect a lot of interest from all parties britney basically sells out every show and she loves las vegas she loves performing in vegas and vegas is a possibility Going forward. So, Larry's shopping her around. Basically,
0: it sounds like Larry's like, so, feel free to make an offer.
1: Larry's like, Planet Hollywood, cough up some more money, or we're going elsewhere. It's like, how about
0: that Coliseum?
1: So, she might not be done-done with Vegas, but um, Keith, you know, you had the chance to see her uh, and cover it for Billboard, right?
0: Yeah, I I was there on opening night, December 27th, 2013. Um, I haven't actually seen the show since, but from uh, all of the assorted videos that I've seen in the past year or so, since she... um, I think they called it a remixed reimagined mm. thing I think that was probably like last year it's actually gotten better mm. like um, she's in better shape uh, she's dancing better um, and she's actually switched up the set list so um, I would be interested in seeing it again actually mm. maybe um, may. may maybe around the Billboard Awards may. if we happen to be in Vegas at the same time if we
1: happen to be there you never
0: know we shall <laughs> see
1: well, uh, should we move on to our guest interview? I say yes. Okay, we, uh, we have Zara Larson on this week's show. Uh, she stopped by our New York office last month, right as her latest album, So Good, was released. And I was able to hop on the phone with her to talk all about the new project. We chatted about what it was like to co-write a song with Ed Sheeran, her upcoming tour with Clean Bandit, who she also has a new song with called Symphony, and how she's already writing up material for her so good follow up. People waste no time. Waste no time. I like was I was like worried to ask her whether she's working on new music, and she was like immediately like, "Oh, the day you know I turned this album in, I was in the studio writing new songs, recording new things." Wow. So she's uh you know already moving on. Um, she also talks about how important streaming has been to her career so far. And how her overnight success actually started when she was a very small child in Sweden. So enjoy our chat with Zara Larson. Hello to Zara Larson and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. How are you?
2: Thank you. I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm doing quite well. I just got done watching your live performance on Billboard's Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. Yeah. And congratulations, by the way, on the release of your new album. So good. How does it feel to Thank have you. it finally out in the world for your fans to hear?
2: It feels incredible. Literally, they've been waiting for a while. Um, so to finally have it out is just such a, a relief, almost. And uh, especially since the feedback is extremely positive.
1: Definitely. Well, I mean, three of the songs on the album are already Billboard Hot 100 hits: "Never Forget You" with MNEK, "Lush Life," and mm. "Ain't My Faults. Mm. But is there a song? Yeah. Is there a song or songs that you're especially excited for fans to finally be able to hear now that the album is is out?
2: Well, I think it's just the album as a whole, like of the body of work that I created with this album because, you know, it's really hard for people to realize what type of music I do after just hearing my singles because it's like, you know, Lush Life is very different from the first song that I released, which is a ballad called Uncover, and uh, and then Never Forget You is very different from Lush Life, and Ain't My Fault is very different from Never Forget You. So I think a lot of people were a bit confused, and uh, now I finally have, you know, a full album that I can showcase and people can listen to so they kind of get the vibe a bit more and you know I'm, I am you know pop is broad and it's mixed and it's versatile so I do a little bit of this and that but it's I definitely stay in the pop lane just influenced by EDM or R&B or whatever it can it can be
1: yeah pop gives you a lot of freedom to go a lot of different directions yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. Um, And you've had quite the introduction to the American music audience over the past year, starting with Never Forget You, um, which hit number one on our um, dance chart here. And um, I'm sure for you, behind the scenes, it's been years and years and years of hard work and preparation, but it felt like it almost happened overnight here. Was it kind of weird to all of a sudden realize, oh, like America knows who I am now, (laughs)
2: Well, that's always what it is, right? It just looks like something just blew up all of a sudden, but that's not what it's really like, as we all know. But you know, I feel like it felt it felt it felt like finally. It felt like finally things are happening, they finally know who I am or they finally like my music and I can I can show people my music and they like it. And I, that's what I want to do. I really want to get my music out there. I want a lot of people to hear it, and I want a lot of people to like it. So um, Never Forget You was definitely the, the one song that kind of opened the doors for me in um, America.
1: And it seems like on that note um, that streaming has been a huge deal for you. I know that yeah, I first heard no, Lush absolutely. Life and Ate My Fault through Spotify. So what has that kind mm-hmm. of that access to your music done for your career and meant for your career?
2: You know what? I have a really hard time telling you what would happen if streaming didn't exist. Maybe same thing. People would just buy my music instead. But first of all, I'm from Sweden, and it will be like – People would look at you extremely funny if you bought something from iTunes or anything like that. They would be like, why did you buy that? You know? Um, Or basically, if you just used any other service than Spotify, it would be like, um, I don't know, like a very serious crime or something. It's just that's the way it is. Everybody uses Spotify and streaming in Sweden. And it's Swedish. So, I mean, I've been using Spotify for years and years and years, basically, since it came out. Um, and you're right. It has been such a huge deal for me and for other artists these these days. I feel just wait a couple of years and streaming is just going to be it, what people are doing. And you can definitely see how it's changing, too. Like, Spotify, I feel like Spotify will become more than just a streaming service and Apple will become more than just a streaming service. Um And because, I mean, in Sweden, you you look at the Spotify chart. You don't look at radio. You don't go to radio with songs. Radio will look at Spotify charts. Right. That's how it works. So there's definitely been a change up there. And I like also how Spotify created, um, because if we're talking about, let's say, Ed Sheeran in the U.K., I think he has 18 songs in the top 20. Right. On the chart which is like hmm you know but I think that streaming is a great way of, of um, telling the the charts what to look like because you know if he has the most streamed album in the country he should be top top 20 even if it's all of the songs and it allows the songs to move on the for example top Top 100, like, or Hot Top 200, whatever, on Billboard. Like, they actually move around. It's not like you release a song, and they it, it peaks when it's released, and then it drops. Like, the songs are moving around. It's moving up and down. It's staying for a couple of weeks. It's dropping down. It's it's going up again. And that is thanks to streaming.
1: And it's cool to see that people are consuming an entire album, too, not just singles.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: And, you know, I'm glad you brought up uh, Mr. Well... I'm glad you brought up Mr. Sheeran because you worked with him on your new album um, on the song Don't Let Me Be Yours. So how did you end up writing together, and and what was that session like?
2: Well, I I knew his uh, great friend Johnny, and we worked together the day before, and he said, well, Ed might pop by. I was like, cool. You know, didn't really expect him to. But he did, and he showed up, and he was amazing. You know, the, the, the picture you have of Ed in your head is pretty much the same as he is in real life. He's just very down-to-earth, super nice, incredible songwriter, um, basically a great guy.
1: That's incredible to hear. You always like to hear that.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. He, he's, he's everything.
1: And you also worked with um, Charlie Puth on the song So Good, which is the title track of your album. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Why did you think that song would be kind of the perfect title track? I mean, obviously the album is so good, so it makes sense. But why did you want that song to kind of be spotlighted like that?
2: Well, I'm just um, very uncreative when it comes to the (laughs) album titles, to be honest. I felt like coming up with a title and making a title was basically the hardest part of making an album sure. because how do you summarize an album with 15 tracks with a title like that's to, that to me is so hard so so good it's just something that I say quite a lot oh it's so good it's so good it's so good and um the song was called So Good, and I don't know if I wanted to do that because I specifically wanted to highlight that song, but I just felt like it was a pretty good title for an album. It's self-explanatory. It's so good, so why just not name it that way?
1: And it works. It writes a million headlines, you know? you just, Yeah. It's right there. The album is so good.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um
1: you know, you have a lot of great collaborators on this album. You have such a good mix of mm. co writers and, and guest rappers mm. and high profile producers. How did how did mm. all those various people come together?
2: I say I have a great team. I really do have a great team, great A and R and great people working with me. I have a magnificent manager. Mm. He's just, you know, the bossiest of the bosses. And uh, I really do have great people working with me. So, it's definitely not all thanks to me. You know, I put in the hard work, but I can't do all that by myself. So... And then, of course, success gives you more success. If you have a successful song, other successful writers will want to work with you. Right. And that's just kind of how it goes. And then if you work with one person that you really vibe with, that person might say, oh, she was super cool, and tell that to his or her other songwriting friend, which is also really cool. And then you just, I don't know, you just get into this little industry thing because it's very small. Everybody knows everyone. So... It could just be you start somewhere and you nestle your way into it, basically.
1: And one of those collaborators is um, is Clean Bandit, who you're hitting the road with starting in April. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that you'll hit the stage together at all during the tour to perform uh, the song symphony you have together?
2: Oh, I definitely will.
1: Amazing. Have you been thinking about tour already and already planning what you're going to do up on stage?
2: Um, well, we're having a week in L.A. for rehearsals and stuff. So, but I do have everything, pretty, like the choreography and stuff. I'm bringing four dancers. So I have pretty much everything on lock. I'm just making it perfect and adding some songs to the set and um, figuring out what the lights are going to be like and what I'm going to wear and all that extra stuff. Mm-hmm. But I will definitely be joining them for symphonies.
1: And um, finally, this is sort of a mean question because your album just came out, but are you somebody who's always writing and working on new music and working on that next project even though... Oh yeah, Yeah.
2: absolutely. (laughs) Now when this album is out, I'm like... Number two, move on. <laughs> like, I don't think about this album anymore. I am I'm way ahead. So that's absolutely how it works. I'm just so ready to release the second one and make that one even better. And then the third one even better. And then the fourth, you know how it goes. <laughs> so I would say, felt show that um, I will just continuing working hard uh, and, and see the next project. That's That's basically what it is all the time.
1: Well, we'll continue to enjoy this album for now and look forward to the next music. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and good luck with the album and the tour.
2: Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thanks, Zara.
1: Thank you so much to Zara Larson for getting on the phone with me. Um, As you can tell from that interview, she's just like full of personality, super fun. And the new album is... A blast. It is just like pure pop. Amazing. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, um, now it's time for the Charts stat of the week. 15 years ago this week, Jimmy Eat World's The Middle hit number one on the Alternative Songs chart. The ultra catchy tune topped the list dated April 13th, 2002, and spent a total of four straight weeks atop the list. It was the second chart hit for the band, which formed in 1993, and uh, they've so far notched 13 hits on the Alternative Songs chart. Today, the song continues to be as popular as an oldie um, on alternative rock oh, radio stations. Oldie. Well, 50, 15 years ago, it was I sort of an oldie. Know it is. It's an oldie but goodie. Oh, goodness. Um, it regularly gets hundreds of plays um, on alternative rock stations each week. A year ago, uh, in fact, a year ago this month, Taylor Swift returned the song to the mainstream spotlight in an Apple Beats 1 commercial where she lip-synced the song. She was getting ready to go out. You know, she, like, sort of sang the song into, I think, a lipstick case. Um, And that video on YouTube of of the commercial has collected more than a million global views. Uh, Six months after Swift's ad aired... Jimmy e. World released their latest album, Integrity Blues, which debuted in the top 20 on the Billboard 200 chart. The band is currently on tour and has dates lined up all the way through October, where I think they're playing in Red Rocks. Actually. Oh, cool. That would be cool. Um, so there you have it 15 years ago this week. Jimmy Eat World took the middle all the way to the top ah. on the on the alternative songs chart. Alternative songs chart. It's hard to say that word. Alternative songs chart. Alternative songs chart. Really emphasize Say it. that four, five times fast. <laughs> um, anyway, there you go. There's a chart Saturday of the week.
1: Any parting words, Katie? Oh, man. Uh, Billboard Music Awards, here we come.
0: Yeah! Woo! At the T-Mobile Arena! Oh, yeah!
1: <laughs> Ooh, what kind of... We could play some sort of Vegas-y song to end things.
0: Well, uh, we could do Elvis Presley's obvious one, Viva Las Vegas. Yes. Done. Oh, well there we go. See you guys <laughs> next week. Bye. Viva Las Vegas Viva